It's a great storyline, and we're grateful to have the opportunity to achieve something so special. The drive to a dynasty stays alive. Coming from Winnipeg last year, I'm looking to take that away from him and get that third ring in my finger. Kickoff is next. From the CFL's heartland, Canada's biggest game is back in Saskatchewan for the fourth time and hosting the first Grey Cup between two storied franchises in over 70 years. Winnipeg and Toronto haven't met on this stage since the Mud Bowl of 1950. And while the Argonauts have won the Cup more than any other team, the Blue Bombers are on the verge of history, looking to become just the second franchise to win three in a row since the CFL officially formed in 1958. Welcome to the 109th Grey Cup on TSN. Championship Sunday and Glenn Suter, one of the interesting subplots, Andrew Harris against his old team and his old understudy, Brady Oliver. Highly motivated Andrew Harris against his old team. This is his third Grey Cup in a row. Two with Winnipeg, the last two, his first with the Toronto Argonauts. And yes, Brady Oliveira, who took over for Andrew Harris, both grew up in Winnipeg, Manitoba. In fact, both went to the same high school. The Argos wearing their dark blue jerseys, the Bombers choosing white, which they wore when they won the previous two breakup games. Javon Leak back for the return, and Dejan Brissett as well. It was the Bombers winning the toss. They've deferred to the second half, so Argo football to start it off. Championship Sunday. Where else would you rather be? On the prairie for the Grey Cup. And it is underway off to the foot of Mark Leggio. And he's coming down to leap at the 30-35. And he gets up across the 40 before he is taken down. And on comes McLeod Bethel Thompson. A backup to Ricky Ray the last time the Argos won the Grey Cup five years ago in 2017. And this year led the Canadian Football League in passing yards with over 4,700. His best season in five in the CFL. Led the Toronto Argonauts to a first place finish in the division. 11 wins. It's his first year as the undisputed number one quarterback for the Argos. Handing off A.J. Olet, who's been a big part of the story of that offense when he took over from Andrew Harris midway through the season after Harris got hurt. Let's take a look at that starting offense for the Toronto Argonauts. Dejon Allen starts at right tackle. He's their nominee for outstanding offensive linemen this year. You take a look at the receivers. Curly Gittens led all Toronto Argonaut receivers his first 1,000-yard season. Olette well, stays in the backfield. Curious to see how they use Andrew Harris in this game early on. Second and six. The throw, it's broken up. Intended for Tavares Daniels, the safety. Brandon Alexander coming in to knock it away. Brandon Alexander's just playing the middle. He's free back from injury from a year ago, and he steps in. He's a presence in the middle. He's a physical safety that'll come up and hit you, and he's setting the tone early for the Bomber defense. I'm just gonna sit and so John Haggerty from Sydney, Australia, first-year Argo punter. He kicks it away to the best returner in the league, Janarian Grant. He had a punt 
shorter return after a 50 yard punt by Haggerty. And here is the most outstanding player back to back years, Zach Kolaris. What a story. Over 4,000 yards passing, 37 touchdown passes, 70%. It's a career high he's had in the passing department. And since he joined the Winnipeg Blue Bombers back in 2019, all in 31 and 4. Remarkable. And he arrived from Winnipeg from the Argos. They traded him away in October of 2019. It has certainly altered the course of Bomber history and his own. Brady Oliveira is the ball carrier, and he does a good job redirecting and picking up five yards as we look at that Blue Bomber offense in this great cup. Well, arguably one of the best offensive linemen to ever play in the Canadian Football League, Stanley Bryant, this year's Outstanding Offensive Lineman Award winner. And then you go to the receiving core and tailbacks, Dalton Schoen, as a rookie in his rookie season, the rookie of the year in the Canadian Football League, but also led all receivers in receiving yards. Oliveira had his best season, over 1,000 yards rushing, taking over from Andrew Harris. Back in his hands, is there. Argo defense stepping up. Tavares McFadden in as well, but it's Hendricks stuffing that run and forcing the Bombers to punt. Well, first, we wanted to see, and I think a lot of Winnipeg fans wanted to see, if Zach Kolaris would get out there. We all knew he was going to start. He had the ankle. Not a surprise that the Bombers were going to try to establish the run early in the second half of the West Final. The run game took over. Mark Leggio punts it away to Javon Lee at the 34. Return by Lee to get it up across the 50 for McLeod Bethel Thompson. They were two and out of the first possession. Coming into this Grey Cup game, the East Division champions, the Toronto Argonne first in the East. Claire Hannah talked about it, Glenn. Slow start, but they finished strong. Beat Montreal last week in the East final. Yeah, 11 wins. Number one team in the East, and I mentioned off the top, McLeod Bethel-Thompson, I felt his best year, most consistent. Nine Eastern All-Stars. And a team that matches up well against the Bombers. They went two and out. First possession. First down now from the 50. Taking the handoff. Rolling to the right. And he's looking for Curly Gittins just as he was being hit. So out of bounds. And a second and 10 is coming up as Adam Big Hill on that bomber defense applying some heat. Yeah, let's look at the front seven starting up front with Willie Jefferson. Four-time All-Canadian. Willie Jefferson, another big season with 10 knockdowns. He'll get his hands up in the throwing lane. There's the leader of this whole team, Adam Big Hill. Led the team again in defensive tackles. And in the West Final, Winston Rose, a big pick. Winnipeg beating the BC Lions. Andrew Harris in the ballgame, standing to protect. Throwing up second down complete. And the first, first down of this game goes to Markeith Ambles. Getting it inside the Winnipeg 45 and a gain of 15 yards. Yeah, nice throw by McLeod Bethel Thompson on time. He's going to take just two steps back. Launch it right over the middle. Marquise Ambles flashes right in front of Brandon Alexander. This time he can't jump that crossing route quite as fast because he had a seam right beside him. He got a ring with the 2018 Stamps but got hurt two days before the game. Wasn't able to play in it. Andrew Harris, first great cut carry 2022. And he picks up six yards. Good start for the breakup MVP of 2019 with Winnipeg. Yeah, think back to that 2019 season. That season, 
He was highly motivated going into the Great Cup, was not the nominee for outstanding Canadian for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers after a tremendous regular season because he was suspended that that year. Was motivated and ended up the outstanding Canadian and MVP. Second and four now after that. Paris Carey, Bethel Thompson, deep right, intended for Ambles, but not close. It falls incomplete, and we have a third down coming up. Yeah, that one's on McLeod, Bethel Thompson. He had Marquise Ambles open on the corner route. Ambles ran a nice route. Take a look at Former Calgary Stampeder is going to come out and run that corner route. Gets inside position and then flashes his hips to the sideline. And there was a window there. Even though Desmond Lawrence was falling underneath it. And that may have been what distracted Bethel Thompson. So veteran kicker Boris Beattie in his first great cup will try to score the first points of this game. John Haggerty to put it down right in the middle from about 47 yards away for Beattie. It's up. And it's good. And the Argos on their second possession get close enough to get on the board. 47-yarder by Beattie and a 3-0 lead. Grey Cup, 109. First meeting of the Bombers and Argos in 72 years in this big game. And that was close. Pienz and the Bombers looked even better. Red hot start and ended up with a club record 15 wins. Yeah, franchise record 15 wins. Zach Kolaris outstanding offensively. Of course, the MOP. They had the outstanding lineman, the outstanding rookie. Coach of the year. Don't think for a second that's not motivating the Toronto Argonauts here tonight that they took home all that hardware on Thursday. Four big awards for the Bombers on Thursday night. Play bank first down from the 40 and a deep look. Caleros for Dalton Schoen. So close. Off his hands. Royce Mechie, Jamal Peters were there. But Schoen, the rookie of the year, was oh so close to having a big grab in his first great cup. Yeah, it looks like by design, safety Royce Mechie was trying to just poach the crossing route, so he is too shallow to really help on this, but the guy who makes the play with straight hustle is the guy who led the league in interceptions, Jamal Peters, fighting to get back there, little help from Mechie, and they just get there in time. That close for big play Winnipeg. It's a second and ten now from the fourth. And it's off for Olivero takes the hit coming in after he failed to catch that one a bit too far. And it was Peters coming in and making him pay anyway as it falls incomplete third down and ten. You know, the, the Toronto Argonauts defense has all year created turnovers. They are a physical group. We saw on that incompletion, Jamal Peters, who just made the play on the knockdown, step up and put a little hit on Brady Oliveira just to make a point and send a message. They led the league in forced takeaways. So Legio to punt it again, standing at the Winnipeg 26. Javon Lee is back for it. First flag of this great cup on that stretch. During the return, 
illegal block, Toronto, number eight. It's a 10 yard penalty. First down, Toronto. Deshaun Amos called for the illegal block, negating a, a good return by Leak to get it up at midfield. So that ball will come back deeper in the Argo zone to inside the 20. And the push in the back, right at the point of attack. Exactly. Now all the conversations we had with Andrew Harris, how he presses the line of scrimmage. He'll take the ball. He'll be patient at times. Sometimes he'll wait for those blocks to get set up in front of him. He got a couple there, one from Ryan Hunter. He just pressed the line. Patience, 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 hit it, and then make sure when you get tackled, you get tackled forward. He had nine rushes for 42 yards and a touchdown in the East Final. He also had one big catch for 30 yards. Daniels mentioned his third straight Grey Cup two with Winnipeg this one with the Argos he also played for the BC Lions back in 2011 where he started his CFL career 10 carries 65 yards and most valuable Canadian in that one highly motivated in 19 to make a point after his suspension and I think he's as motivated right here tonight to play against his old team it was a surprise the week of the Eastern final that yes indeed he was coming back far earlier than anyone expected from that torn pectoral muscle that happened back in August. Making a statement early on, takes the toss to the left. even more. Up near midfield and fired up against his old club early on. This is why he's so tough to defend against. He can play the physical game. He can be patient and make you miss in the back end when you're when you're in the hole. But he can also get outside with that acceleration. And how about this athleticism? 16-yard gain for number 33 to get them going in the run game. He does not look like he has missed a beat with all that time on. seven more both of these running backs can run it with power Olette has said really becoming better known when Harris was on the sidelines hurt well he's been outstanding oh you know over 500 yards rushing when he replaced Andrew Harris but yeah when they work in tandem think back to that Eastern final he had 90 yards of offense Olette when he got his opportunity so they're a great one-two punch in the run game in that Eastern final against the Alouette, scoring the first two touchdowns for Toronto. Harris and Olette. Olette in, faking to him up the Thompson to the right of the plate. Coming back and turning up. And that is Brandon Banks in another great cup, looking for that elusive.
is the first win and his first touch of the big game in 2022. I asked McLeod Bethel Thompson this week about playing against Jackson Jeffcoat and Willie Jefferson. And he said with both of those guys, you got to watch to make sure that A, you get them blocked up, but B, that they don't drop and become athletes like linebackers. Cloud Bethel Thompson paying the price for that throw, number 94 in his kitchen. It was a game of six for Brandon Banks playing in Grey Cup number five. The other four, of course, with the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Quickly, Bethel Thompson, and down and incomplete intended for Daniels. And that's with Desmond Lawrence, who was with the Tiger Cats last year when they lost to Winnipeg in the Grey Cup game. Full blitz there from defensive coordinator Richie Hall. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers putting some pressure on McLeod Bethel Thompson. Guy highly respected across the Canadian Football League. A former head coach in Richie Hall and a former teammate of mine here in Saskatchewan. Outstanding job with this Winnipeg defense. Looking to three-peat here tonight. Second and ten. Argos at the Winnipeg 44. Here comes by three with the blitz coming. Jeffcoat, much like he did in the Grey Cup in 2019. A nightmare for Corner. Josh Raj and the panel dressed a little more warmly than you see them there. Kate and the bunch, and that bunch includes Paul Lapley's now and Bo Levi Mitchell. Great to have them back as well. And this Grey Cup coverage still in the first quarter. Jackson Jeffcoat with the strength of the ball from McLeod Bethel Thompson forcing the first turnover and Winnipeg. in the second half against the BC Lions. Brady Oliveira just took over the game and he's the reason that they got to the next level and to the Great Cup Championship with 20 carries for 130 yards, most of them in the second half. A little bit of a slow start here tonight, but that run will get them going. Six more yards for the Bombers. Let's take a look at the starting defense for the Toronto Argonauts. And up front, the disruptor in Jagera Davis. Seven sacks. This is his sixth consecutive Great Cup appearance in six years in the CFL. Their leading tackler was Enoch Mwamba. Jonathan Jones plays for their defensive nominee. And Winton McManus at linebacker will watch him. And Jamal Peters, I mentioned, led the CFL in interceptions. With six. Couple of big carries for Brady Oliveira. Second down and four. Oliveira again, but that time the door is closed. Jonathan Jones among those putting him down, and a newcomer signed recently in Jared Brinkman. Now, this is why I love this matchup in this great cup because this defense with Enoch Mwamba at the middle is designed to 
combat the rush game for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. They're heavy at defensive tackle at 270 in Dwayne Hendricks and Sean Oakman at almost 290 pounds and then an all-star caliber linebacker in Enoch Mwamba with 75 defensive tackles. He's going to go head-to-head -head with Brady Olivera all night long. So with the ball at the 43, Mark Leggio will punt on just his side of midfield. No field goal try. Instead, trying to get them down deep. Off to the right, and it sails out of bounds right around the 15. Has to get inside the 15 for it not to be a penalty going out, and yep. indeed he did. So good placement by Leggio to get it at the 13. with an early field goal lead the 2022 Grey Cup on TSN from Regina. And to Claire Hanna. Well, he's already had a couple good carries, and this game is personal for Andrew Harris. He spent six seasons with the Bombers, won two Grey Cups, was an MVP, but he also called Winnipeg and calls it still home. And he said the hardest part about going to Toronto, which made it life-altering, was that he had to leave his 14-year-old daughter, Hazel, back in Winnipeg. He said they missed each other like crazy, but she understood what he needed to do, especially given his history with the Bombers. Well, this week, he just, she hasn't really paid that much attention to his football career recently, and she hates the cold, so it not only shocked him, but it brought a tear to his eye when she said, Dad, I want to watch you on Sunday in case it's the last time I ever see you play. And the way he's playing right now, Claire, it doesn't look like it should be his last game. His fourth carry coming into that carry at 32 yards. But you do wonder at age 35 how many more times Andrew player Harris will suit up, especially if he's able to win another break up today. Well, I hope he continues because it's been an absolute pleasure to watch him play. His former teammate Adam Big Hill's got his bullseye right on him, too, right between the three and the three. This is another game inside the game that we will watch. One of the best all-time linebackers in CFL history, and Adam Big Hill against the best Canadian tailback in the history of the league. Jackson Jeffco. So quick from the backside. That's Jackson Jeffco on this run. You know when. Andrew Harris early in this game was patient, picked up 10. Well, he was patient that time, too, but Jeff Coe caught him from behind. Janarian Tramp taking the Hagerty time. Off the hop, back down at his 40, gets up across the 50 after a 54-yard punt with a help of a bit of a roll. So, Zach Kolaris. Back-to-back most outstanding player awards, exclusive company as well as you look at the list, Glenn. That's a really a who's who in wow. CFL history wow. at quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Anthony Calvillo, all-time leader in passing yards. Doug Flutie in all his championships and 6,000-yard seasons. Played against Doug Flutie and Dieter Brock, and that wasn't fun. Flutie <laughs> in there. That's a safety. With five. He won the MOP just about every year he was in the league. But what a run by Polaris. It's coming to Winnipeg. Intercepted by the leader in 
the CFL in the regular season at picks Jamal Peters. This is the first time that in this game we've seen Zach Kolaros try to get out and use his mobility. This is one of the things that he's been so dangerous with this year against opposing defenses. When he gets outside of the pocket, his receivers know the scramble rules down pat, and they usually make a big play out of it. Now I'm watching for that ankle. Not quite as mobile as he was through the regular season. Again, that angle injury just in the deep into the fourth quarter of the West Final. And late in the first quarter, Columbus is 0 for 3. Trying again here with some heat coming, and he does finally dump it off and does get his first completion just across midfield to another veteran of breakups past, Greg Ellingson. But not enough for a first down as the punting unit will come back on again. You know, again, there was no question that Kolaris was going to play in this game, championship game, and what a great season he's had. The question was, how mobile would he be? And I, I, he can still move around. He can negotiate the pocket, but he was making big plays on the run through the regular season, and that may be hampered a little bit tonight. So good job done by the Argo defense. That is the third two and out for the Bomber offense now. It's Legio stands at his 45 to punt it away to Javon Lee. the 30 after a punt of 32 and the quarter comes to an end tight defensive first quarter but the Argos do manage some points and manage to run that football as well 47 yarder by Boris Beatty that's what we have so far 15 minutes through great cup 109 on TSA Through one quarter of the Grey Cup game, the Argos lead at 3-0. But as you look at the numbers, Glenn, it's been difficult in these offenses, especially for Winnipeg's, to get something going. Yeah, well, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers defensively have got the blitz going against McLeod, Bethel, Thompson. We see Jackson Jeffcoat getting more and more involved. He's made a couple of plays. And if you're wondering about the running backs, Andrew Harris, 5 for 36. Brady Oliveira, 4 for 16. So both trying to get some traction, both teams offensively. But defenses can win, too. And yes. right now, the defenses have the edge. I was going to say, we didn't talk much about the weather before because the weather is very good this time of year. I mean, it was minus one uh, heading in to game time and not much of a win and the field looks like it's in great shape but defenses taking charge early on although we have seen the Argos especially able to run the football. The attempt for the first catch by Gittins and it falls incomplete second down. The quick game trying to get it out to Curly Gittins and trying to get him going. I mean, thousand yard season for Curly Gittins, 300 yard games throughout the year. The Wilfred Laurier product, an outstanding season in year three with the Toronto Argonauts, their leading receiver. And yeah, if your offense needs to find some traction, get it to 19. to Cam Phillips, his first Grey Cup catch. And the Argos are on the move in Bomber territory after a gain of 37 yards. What a great, what a great adjustment by Cam Phillips as he's going to run down the field here on a deep seam. But because McLeod Bethel Thompson once again is facing pressure, he can't get all of it what he wants on the ball. So Cam Phillips tracks it. He cuts underneath the defender. 
for the first big play for the Argos down the field. Playmakers. We've seen first attempt to Curly Gittens trying to get him going. Marquise Ambles, couple of targets for him already, and all of a sudden some adjustments being made by the Argos. Knowing that Winnipeg, when they had success in the first quarter, went with Blitz, trying to get the ball out of McBeth's hands quickly. Second down coming up for Toronto. Well, some pressure off the edge again. Richie Hall digging deep into his playbook to come out with some pressure packages that is forcing Bethel Thompson to just be off his game just a little on some of these throws. I mean, that one was, had a chance to handle, but he had to throw it around the rush. Up over the ball. Division champions looking to add to their lead. The Winnipeg 26. Pressure again. They've got it. Casey Sales to finish it off. But there was a lot of heat up front by Winnipeg. And Bethel Thompson ran out of time. So Boris Beattie will come on to see if they can double their lead with another field goal. Diedrich Nichols is going to also get involved in this one. Ja uh, Willie Jefferson moves inside. Again, some exotic style blitzes. Block up front on Jefferson. In the first quarter, Boris Beattie clicked on a 47-yarder. This one will be put down by John Haggerty, 36 yards away. To go two for two. And make it a 6 nothing ball game. This time breaking right and he missed it. The last one tailed off to the left and he barely made it. And that one is a miss. So a point on the board instead of three more. And a 4 nothing Argo lead in Grey Cup 109. Might have been the biggest story of Grey Cup week. How is Zach Kolaris' injured right ankle? Let's head down and get more from Farhan Lalji. Yeah, Rod, Zach Caleros has injured that right ankle before his senior year at the University of Cincinnati. He actually broke the ankle and had a plate surgically put into it. Now, the surgeon that did that, Dr. Angelo Colosimo, who works with the University of Cincinnati and with the Cincinnati Bengals, told him at the time, because of the plate that's put in, you will never suffer a catastrophic injury to that ankle again. And in fact, that doctor was watching the game last week, and when he saw Zach get hurt, he knew he was going to be okay. And following the game, the Winnipeg medical staff told Claris, you better call him and thank him because he may have saved you. The two men visited for 10 minutes earlier this week. Zach said thank you. And the doctor said, I want to sign jersey and make sure it's on its way soon. Expect at least that. Thank you, Farhan. Quite a story after that injury. And he's got a wide open receiver. It is. And a deep catch there by Dalton Schoen, the rookie of the year with a big break up catch. Yeah, I thought Zach Kolaris was the bionic man, and now we know that he certainly is because this throw, just check it out. He's right down the seam. He's got a window to fit it in there between the safety and the corner, a 39-yard gain. And just like that, both offenses starting to stretch the field a little bit and open things up. Dalton Schoen, what a story. Over 1,400 yards receiving, leading the CFL and receiving touchdowns with 16 as well. 
and this is first CFL season. Back to the ground to Brady Oliveira. And he has a good carry on first down as they get deeper into Argo territory looking for their first points of this Grey Cup. A gain of eight by Oliveira. First four games for Brady Oliveira the regular season, he was trying to beat Andrew Harris, and he wasn't having the success that Andrew had. And then he said to me about game five or six, he said, I just got to be myself. I got to be Brady Oliveira. And since then, outstanding. Thousand-yard game, good run right there. Thousand-yard season, I should say, and a great run right there. Get him in a second and short. Power package comes in. Extra offensive lineman, Liam Dobson. Chris Polinkowski on the second down and two at the Toronto 23. Handing off, running that ball, getting it inside the 20. And that's enough for another Winnipeg first down. So the Winnipeg Blue Bombers in the offseason after last year's championship season lose Kenny Lawler, their number one receiver, and they pick up Dalton Schoen as a rookie. And what does he do? He goes out and finishes first in all the categories that really matter. Yards, TD catches, average, second down conversions, and the big plays, the 30-plus yards. Dalton Schoen's had a heck of a season and the outstanding rookie in the Canadian Football League. And in at quarterback now, the one who's third in the depth chart, Dakota Prukoff, who started his CFL career with the Toronto Argonauts. And he'll throw after the fix. And it's down and just a little bit too far outside intended for Dalton showing inside the five. Sometimes this type of strategy works when you put in a backup quarterback, you run a different type of play, different type of offense, a little play action, he rolls out, and then Schoen really doesn't have a chance. I think even if he catches this pass, he is out of bounds by the time Prukop gets it over there. We've seen the Winnipeg do this before, as you say, switch it up at QB. Polaris is back in this game. It's a second and ten now. At the Toronto 20. Nice job working the sideline by Ellingson down at the 10. It's the second flag of this game and would look to be enough for a first down. 11 yards the game pending the outcome of the flag. Too many players, Toronto. The penalties decline. The result of the play is a first down. Too many men. The game stands. First down, Winnipeg. This is what Zach Kolaris did all season long. Escape, get on the edge, get outside of containment, and then his receivers will react. They'll find the hole. The scramble rules are very simple. If you have a deep route, you come back to the ball. That's what Greg Ellingson did. If you have a short route, you go deep. They're the best in the league at doing it, and they have been all year. That was a key first down. Getting inside the 10, so it's a first and goal now. Corey Mace. Spent so many years with the Calgary Stampeders as player and coach. Defensive coordinator of the Argonauts. From the nine. The fake. Complete to Nick Dembski. His first touch in this Grey Cup. The top Canadian of the Grey Cup in 2021 has seven yards to set up. A second and goal that much closer to the end zone. Dembski's getting to sit down to the strong side of the formation here and basically curl play action to Brady Oliveira. 
This is a play designed to work to Dembski's strengths, which is breaking tackles, not this time on Royce Mechie. That's a solid tackle to give his defense another chance to stop to a field goal attempt. But that's a play designed to get it to Dembski because he breaks so many tackles. Neither team has found the end zone yet in this great cup. lineman of the 22 Canadian Football League season in Stanley Bryant. I don't think there's any question what he's going to do here on third down. Biggest play of the ball game coming up. Biggest play yet. Here in the second quarter, a third and goal. And a chance from the one for the Bombers to take the lead. Saskatchewan up in Saskatoon right behind big number 53 for the first major of this game with Caleros on the side watching Prukop the short yardage specialist cap off an eight play 70 yard drive Prukop had six rushing touchdowns in the regular season and suffice to say that's the biggest one of his career as Mark Leggio looks to make it And the Bombers are on the board. Veteran and ex-Argo, Dakota Prukop, with the go-ahead touchdown for Winnipeg. Take a look at the scoring drive for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Started with a deep ball, 39-yarder to the leading receiver in the Canadian Football League in the regular season, Dalton Schoen. He got Zach Kalaros out on the edge, working it to Greg Ellingson down the sideline. That led to this, Dakota Prukop with the one-yard quarterback sneak for the major eight plays, 70 yards for the Bombers. And how many times have we seen it this season, a drive triggered by that connection from Kolaris and the rookie. It seems odd sometimes calling him a rookie. Dalton shown the way he has played. But getting open, big catch to get him down, and it is capped off.
Cup starting the Grey Cup back in Saskatchewan for the fourth time and the first time at this new Mosaic Stadium. The last time back in 2013 when the Riders won at Old Taylor Field, just a few yards away where it used to be. AJ Left running back with the clock, Bethel Thompson, and the Argos trailing for the first time in this Grey Cup. it up and has a catch and we remember last week when he had one bobbled off his foot the replay showed that it counted that one counts for 13 yards for speedy b yeah he's made some some great ones in his career you mentioned the east final he used his feet his knee and his arm to get it. it was a key catch then that was a key catch as well throwing again and daniels has it. found some room and it was threaded in nicely by bethel thompson back-to-back -back completions for the veteran Argo quarterback that one the game about eight nine yards second and one coming up what I'm looking for a little bit here Rod is how Bethel Thompson and Ryan Dinwiddie Brandon Banks getting some attention and talking to the training staff but how Ryan Dinwiddie and, and Bethel Thompson are going to adjust to the pressure package that the Bombers are sending at him especially on second down, not second and short, when they get in second and long situation. Chad Kelly, the backup quarterback, coming in in short yardage. Keeps it. Second effort should be enough. Needed a yard to get close to the 40-yard line. Take a look at what happened to Brandon Banks. Fifth great cup start for Banks. Let's take a look. Oh, didn't even, didn't get hit. Non-contact injury. Trying to come out of his break. Looked like his knee just locked. Trying to walk it off down there. He had two catches for 25 yards in the Eastern Final last week in Toronto's win over Montreal. Bethel Thompson throwing again on that first and 10 after Kelly got enough for the first down intended for Daniels again, who was with the Stampeders and played in the 16 and 17 games when they were upset and was not healthy enough to play in the game they won in 2018. Still, of course, getting a ring with the Stampeders as they beat Ottawa four years ago. Richie Hall go with blitz here. 
Rider, Willie Jefferson, ex-Saskatchewan Rough Rider, back in what used to be his home, and trying to get the crowd fired up. With oh, looking deep, left again into the end zone, but no. Great coverage by Winston Rose, and the intended Argo receiver, looking at Daniels again, and so third down coming up. Yeah, it looks like they went right back to the same play where they had the communication issue, Ron. This time, Daniels is, is head right down the sideline. Rose in pretty good position. Little push, little pull. Good no call by the officials. And so on comes Boris Beattie again. He made one from 47 going the other way. Barely, it was heading left. And then the second drive from the same spot here, 36 yards away last time, pushed it to the right. This is to tie the game. Beattie, and it's breaking right again, but it started left. It's perfect. It's down the middle. And Beattie is two for three. And more importantly for the Argos, we've got a tie game, 7-7, late in the second. Earlier today, this morning, the Football Reporters of Canada breakfast, annual inductions into the Hall of Fame of that man, Glenn Suter. So deserving. 27 years with us at TSN, going back to 1995, shortly after a great playing career with Saskatchewan. Partner, richly deserved for all the great years. You have been really the voice of the CFL on TSN all these years. Congratulations. Well, absolutely love this game. You know that. And absolutely love the rules, the Canadians being featured. And this, I love to represent every one of our crew members. Over 200 crew members working every job equally as important, working in sync, all the cameramen. 52 cameras in this game in the Grey Cup ride. You know that we are a piece of the puzzle, yes, but every job so important and such a great crew. So I'm proud to represent each and every one of them. Oliveira picking up about three yards on that first down. This is the three-minute warning. The three-minute warning comes out. Winnipeg ball. And back and forth they've gone. The Argos had the lead, then the Bombers. Now it's time. Late in the first half of Breakup 109. Josh Ross. And then Bernas Sanchez, Dunnigan, and Stiegel. Our halftime panel joined also by Paul Laplace and Bo Levi Mitchell. Lots to talk about in this 109th Breakup game. Currently tied at seven. Defenses have been strong. This side, the Argos move the ball down and get it close enough for Boris Beattie again. So back to Zach Kalaris. Last drive was a touchdown drive, including a 39-yard connection to Dalton Schoen. Lots of time here. It's under three minutes. Plenty for the Bombers to work with. And Kenny Bryant is bringing Oliveira out of hole. It's a tough yardage, and he doesn't want to give up on either. He gets five yards and up a little closer to the 50. Defense coordinator for the Argos, Corey Mays, has now got a deal with the balance in the Bomber offense. They are at their best when Brady Oliveira is picking up 7-8 on first down. And then Zach Kolaris can open up the playbook, go play action. The disruptor, Jagera Davis, could help to put an end to that. You want to get to the Grey Cup, get that guy in your team. Exactly. Six years in the CFL, and this is his sixth Grey Cup game. Incredible when you think of Jagera Davis and 
in Calgary for Cups in 16, 17, 18. Then he goes to Hamilton. Last two years, Cup appearances. And now with the Argos, he is back. Now, the downside for Jagarit Davis is there's only one win. Yeah. With 2018 over Ottawa with the Stampeders, and like Brandon Banks, his third straight breakup. And all against Winnipeg, two with Hamilton, now one with the Argos. Six years in the league, six times to the Cup. That's amazing. out of it to get his punt team out there get the ball deep so it gives his defense a chance to keep McLeod Bethel Thompson off the scoreboard before the end of the half I just this is a bomber team in all three phases that do not beat themselves the fifth time in this great cup that Mark Leggio will punt it away but you're right 17 yards closer it's a two Javon Lake the punt of 45 and Lake up the near side on that return with one Do 
for Willie Jefferson to celebrate doing what he has so often done best. Just a phenomenal athlete that stands six foot seven, 252 pounds, and gets in the passing lane, athletic. McLeod Bethel Thompson told me, I gotta watch the guy because he's like a linebacker. He's so quick to the ball, he'll drop and he'll back the ball down in midair. near the 50 still over a minute to go lots of time for the bombers we mentioned the cfl awards headed out on thursday night and there they are lots of bombers caleros stanley bryant top line offensive lineman again dalton Schoen, top rookie and mike o'shea head coach and nathan Rourke. yeah even with the injury what a remarkable season that young man had for the bc lions yeah just a special talent it was a real pleasure to watch nathan Rourke go to work canadian Canadian passing records. Congratulations to all the award winners. Lorenzo Malden as well, top defensive player. The Red Blacks making the handoff, completing the pass. It's in the hands of Nick Dembski again, who has good yardage after the catch for Winnipeg first down. 15-yard gain for the top Canadian in last year's breakup. And it's still lots of time in the clock at just over a minute. after he drops this because he wanted to high point that as he's backing up go up and catch it high with your hands rather than wait for it to come down to your stomach that's how Dalton Schoen got a chance to tackle him and prevent the interception there is a breeze picking up here at Mosaic blowing against the Blue Bombers and a second and ten for the Toronto 45 Clara steps up takes off and he goes down takes a bit of a hit from Jagarin Davis in to help out on that tackle, but we see Calaris. The ankle seems to be fine as he goes on the run in that second down play and picked up seven yards. And an important seven as well in terms of field goal position. Buck Pierce calling the plays for Zach Calaris, the offensive coordinator, former star quarterback in the Canadian Football League. Stepped in for Paul LaPolice when he went to Ottawa and has done a tremendous job with Zach Kolaris. Kolaris has got to be careful there when he gets up after that hit because there are concussion spotters that are looking for any type of sign that he may have been a little wobbly. I don't think he was. Goes right to the bench, but that was a pretty big hit on that scramble. So Mark Leggio will come on and try a field goal for the first time in this game.
valued yet unsung employee. Former BC Lions president Rick Lollisher received the Hugh Campbell Distinguished Leadership Award. Also, Manny Arsenault took home the Tom Payne Award. That is given to the player who displays qualities that distinguish them from their peers. And longtime official Jeff Hartman received the touchdown drive but you know I think at the end of the day we know we need to be a little bit better. I want to ask you about the play of Zach. Everyone was wondering what his ankle would look like. He's running out there seemingly giving everything he's got. We know Zach's going to give all he's got. All of us knew that this whole week. He's a warrior. We knew he was going to battle. He's going to leave it all out there on the field and we got the most confidence in the world in him. Dalton thanks for this. Thank you. All right now let's send it over to the Argo sideline. Here's Claire Hanna with Andrew Harris. Andrew you've had some nice touches but all you guys have been able to do is get field goals. How do you find the end zone? I mean, yeah, we got we got to be better on picking up the blitz. Um, the second long situations, um, they're getting they're getting some pressure on us. But I mean, I feel like our run game is uh, is successful, so we got to get back to doing that. Uh, sustain drives, keep that keep their offense off the field, and um, you know, just just capitalize on the opportunities when we get in the green zone. Not only are you a leader on this team, but you've won the last two Grey Cups. What's your message going to be to your teammates at the half? We're right in this, man, and uh, we haven't played our best football yet. So we're, we're a couple plays away to, to breaking this thing open, and we just got to stick at it. They're a good football team too. They're gonna make their play. Uh, we just got to stay together, be a family, and, um, and, and come, on, come on all cylinders in the second half. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you. Well, 10-7 game as the defending champs take the lead into the half. Coming up, it's a trio of country music shining stars as they will unite for a one-time only collaboration for this year's Twisted Tea Great Cup Halftime Show. Kate and 
to go on Matt Dunnigan's comment about that first half, Glenn, surprised the Argos got away from the running game in the second quarter. Yeah, I am. I mean, Andrew Harris had five carries all in the first half, our first quarter, and when you think about his 7.2 average in that first quarter on those five carries, they went away from it. As Bo mentioned, they got into second and long, and Richie all went with some blitz packages that provided the pressure. Six for 10, 95 yards, and a three-point lead coming in. The field goal department, Boris Beattie, two for four. Two misses. Mark Leggio made his one try. Now, the Bombers have won the toss. They deferred, so they're going to get the ball in the second half. They'll be against a breeze gusting anywhere from 20 to 30 kilometers an hour tonight. It's minus four, so very pleasant, all things considered, here in a late November day at Mosaic Stadium in Regina. Perfect conditions, you'd have to say as Janarian Grant will go back to take it. So Winnipeg will get the ball, having the lead. 30 minutes away, they're hoping from a three-peat. Lots of football left. I'm curious what the Argos do offensively, if there's any change or going back to that running game. In the regular season, these two teams met once. Back in July in Toronto. It was a one-point difference. That's it. Three points now. Well, it 
It's the all-time leader in special teams tackles out of Acadia. Mike Miller, I believe, who comes over, won't know it wasn't either. You're right, Brian Cole, but Mike Miller involved in that cover team, and they've been great. Again, all three phases all season long. And this is the best field position to begin a drive for the Argos in this great cup. At the 35 of Winnipeg for McLeod Bethel Thompson, 10 for 21 for 142 in the first half. Back to Andrew Harris. Yeah. Yeah, they, it is yeah they, they, they saw what we saw, and they saw what Matt Dunnigan saw, and Ryan Dinwiddie is going back to establish it to start the second half. This was Andrew Harris in his first five carries. This was all in the first quarter. He had 36 yards, an average of 7.2 per carry, and the Argos were gaining some traction as that was going on. They did not give it to Andrew Harris in the second quarter.
Vikings key plays were both A.J. Olette and Andrew Harris were on the field at the same time. And Olette finds the end zone. Harris got a couple of touches, running the ball again, and then that big reception to get him down to first and goal, and then cashed in by that product of the Ohio University Bobcats, A.J. Olette. Up 
Lofton. Off the hands of Enoch Mwamba. Nearly had a great cup pick. But it falls incomplete. And a second down and 10 is coming up. Boy, he does a nice job of disguising where he's dropping here. Enoch Mwamba is going to trail off like this, like he's playing man-to-man -man on a crossing row. You'll see the, the bomber cross in front of his face, but he keeps climbing for depth, going back into that curl road instead of jumping up shallow. And he gets right in the lane. And the only thing he forgot was the football. Sort of Offside, Toronto, number 40. Five-yard penalty, repeat, second down. The end, Robbie Smith, third-year veteran out of Wilfrid Laurier, is called on the offside. So second down, repeated, it'll be a second and five. Yeah, he just jumped in snap count. And got caught in the neutral zone, a yard between the line of scrimmage. And Robbie Smith out of Wilfrid Laurier. And is it just me, Rod, or am I seeing more and more players in the Canadian Football League that come out of Wilfrid Laurier? The Golden Hawks program doing a great job. On this team alone, Curly Gittin, Sam Achenbaum, also from the Golden Hawks program. You're right. Quite a few. Second and five. It's complete. Daly has it. And has enough for another Winnipeg first down. Approaching the 35. Bombers on the move. One of the reasons that the Bombers are trying to repeat and have won two in a row is their great team chemistry. They have the tremendous culture that's been created by their players, as Michael Shea will say, but been facilitated by the coaching staff and management. When they get in tough situations, they battle back, they keep their calm, and that's what they're doing on this drive. See Stanley Bryant, the top offensive lineman in the CFL again. Liam Dobson comes in. They have six old linemen now running this package on a first and ten at the Argo 37. And they do run across inside for Oliveira, or Nick Dempsey, excuse me, as he picks up a few yards down to the 35. It looked like the on that fake and, and interesting looking play deep in the playbook for Buck Pierce almost happened too fast. And Buck Pierce reached deep in there and if it was a little more slower developing it would have influenced the defense to move first to Brady Oliveira and maybe get out of their gap responsibilities. But it happened so fast that they were still sitting in their gaps. So Dembski picks up two. It's a second and eight. It's a big bomber drive after they've fallen behind in this game. A popular target all year, a popular, popular, popular target, excuse me, tonight with his third catch and another one to move the sticks. Got a drive going now. They're getting Dalton Schoen on this out route. And Schoen, as you mentioned, number one target when Zach Kolaris gets something going. He's looking for number 83, finds him on the sideline. He throws from deep in the pocket there and he puts it right on the money. He's popular. That's my point. <laughs>
vision from Brady Oliveira. And if you need another reason to cheer for this young superstar tailback, who's just 24 years old, how about this? He saves puppies in the offseason. Over 400 puppies he saves and finds good homes. If you need another reason, there you go. How can you not like a guy like that? And Brady, he's going to make that his life's work, by the way. He has said a lot about that. Dakota Prukop in. It's a first down. Around the 11. Toronto. Prukop keeps as a touchdown earlier in the night. Winnipeg's TD in short yardage, and that one he keeps it and gets a pickup of four. Just an outstanding bounce back drive, though, for the Bombers that. They give up the touchdown. They get it. The Argos get the defensive stop. Real good field position. The four-play touchdown drive. Bombers with the response right here. Gain of four, second and six. Getting interesting in breakup. 109. Winnipeg trying to retake the lead. They had it at halftime. Looking for it again. Pump fake. Now looking to the end zone. The coverage Tavares McFadden, the field corner on Drew Wolitarski. It hit McFadden in the back, but it looks like he is the subject of this penalty. Well, the play's made because of the patience from Zach Kolaris and, and to make sure that defensive pass interference, Toronto, number 20. Ball will be placed on the one yard line, first down Winnipeg. He, he buys some time, so then it becomes change of direction for Wolitarski who is trying to fight for the ball and there's a couple of examples of pass interference there. I think there was contact beyond five yards. Probably could have been called for screening. Correct call by the official. win teams do the opposition gets paid and they can make their plays but it's what you do the next series and Zach Kolaris puts a drive together marches it down the field one offside mistake by the Argo defense Bombers find the end zone behind the big boys up front inside Bray Couture Newfeld Offensive line working ahead as Mark Leggio looks for another point after try after a short yardage touchdown by Dakota Pruka, who played for the Argonauts from 2017 to 2019. Big Stanley Bryant went back there to congratulate Dakota Pruka. Just I, I don't know if he was congratulating him or going up there to say. Uh, just follow behind me and we'll be fine. We'll lead the way. Winnipeg, full line dead. Royce Mechie. Injured Argo and getting some attention now.
Mechie is helped off the field. And a reminder, hockey fans, of what's coming up. The World Juniors on TSN, Canada's favorite holiday tradition, gets underway. Boxing Day, the tournament, returns to Canadian ice. You can catch every game live from Halifax and Moncton. The World Juniors, live on TSN. So with Mechie off the field, they could go to the point after trying now. Winnipeg leading this Grey Cup again. Dakota Prukop won't forget. Not a lot of yardage, but a lot of points with two rushing touchdowns. Winnipeg in front. And an Argo touchdown. How would they respond? Well, as you'd expect them to respond. Starting this drive with a little Polaris magic as he escapes the pocket, makes a big play for a first down. And yeah, they respond. They don't flinch. When bad things happen to them, they the touchdown the Argos take the lead they go 13 plays 85 yards over seven minutes with a huge response and retake the lead so now how do the Argos respond to that Leggio with the kick Javon Lake with the return up across the 30 and it's close to the 40 good place for Andrew Harris McLeod Bethel Thompson in that Toronto offense to begin again broadcast to the memory of cameraman Jim Young who recently passed away after a long battle with cancer. Jim worked on many sports for TSN but football and the Grey Cup was always special to him. Known to all of us as Gyraf. His dedication and passion brought some of the most iconic images in Canadian sport through his lens survived by his wife Judy. He was 60 years of age. He loved this event. Low end zone camera. Best in the business. Jim Young. Football down again by three after the Winnipeg touchdown in the hands of Andrew Harris. Pulls his way up across the 45. So we saw more of Harris to start the second half, and AJ Olet as well. So in that first, yeah, so in that first half, Willie Jefferson and Jackson Jeffco, about one in every three plays, they moved them into the inside position, defensive tackle. But if they're going to move them, that's where they can get some real mismatches on pass rush. But if they keep running the ball, they could try to neutralize their strong end. Well, Winnipeg knows what he's capable of doing in a game. But it's second down, and Bethel Thompson does get it away. But not enough. A.J. Lowe came back through the ball, and they stop him there. A flag does come out, however. Olet stopped shy of the first down. Well, it was might have been a late hit by the Argos. It was Ryan Hunter possibly that was cruising. It looked like the tackle was clean. Let's see what this call is. Willie Jefferson took off to get over After the play. Fault. Player misconduct foul. Toronto number 62. 15 yard penalty. It'll be third down. Look at 62, the bottom of your screen, and he's just cruising, and then he sees the back of Willie Jefferson and gives him a shot after the whistle. 
So now Ryan Hunter with the new rule cannot get a, another one of those penalties or he'll have to leave the football game. It was going to be third down anyway, but now the Argos are forced 15 further back to the 31. And back further than that is John Haggerty to punt this one away to Janarian Frank. by the punt coverage team of the Toronto Argonauts. In Grey Cup 109, 17-4 going to the Grey Cups is used to a lot of support from family. Let's go back to Claire Hanna with that story. Yeah, and Jagger Davis is the first player since 1983 to make six consecutive appearances at the Grey Cup, and it's a game he said he's never taken for granted. This is one he knows players have fought for their whole career. Sometimes they never make it here. And he says he treats it like any other game, but there is one pregame ritual that he has every Grey Cup, and that is a text from his mom, Gayla Davis. Now, she's made it to four of the last ones. She couldn't make it here today because of flight issues, but he is thinking about her during this game because she said, be you, be great, and play like if I was there cheering you on in the stands, guys. And Claire, when the day comes, inevitably, some year it will, when he's not in the Grey Cup, it's going to feel stranger. Uh, maybe not. 89 games for Jagera Davis. 49 sacks in his career. Outstanding play. Bomber football in the 40. Faking the handoff, throwing it out to Greg Ellingson who has it for a gain of but five yards, Winnipeg. Second down. Jagger Davis flashed there and forced the quick throw from Kolaris. He's a disruptor at the level of Jackson Jeffcoat and Willie Jefferson. You know, defensive ends throughout the history of this great league, and this is 109, remember. Defensive ends can take over a game by themselves. We've seen them drop back into coverage before. Cover running back. I think that with a snap of the ball. Jagera Davis lining up over Jamarcus Hardrick just got him out of his out Procedure. of his Winnipeg number 51. Five-yard penalty remains second down. Great right tackle, veteran Jamarcus Hardrick. By the way, the first penalty taken by the Bombers in this great cup. Yeah, and there's Jagera Davis lining up across from Jamarcus Hardrick. Or Hardrick, and see that early movement. Davis is quick to point out. Second down. from that Toronto defense to force the Bombers to kick it away. That's what I mean about the matchup against Winnipeg, that the Argos are equipped up front because of the size of their interior D linemen. They, they get a good push up the middle. Sean Oakman is 290 pounds. Great against the run, but you run a stunt like that, he can get to the quarterback too. with the punt it rolls out of bounds at the Argo 43. Mike O'Shea 
talk about the bomber repeat. How about his legacy as well? Great Cup champions to three peats since 1925. Well, Edmonton doing it twice, once in the modern day history of the CFL, and the Argos going back before the formation of the CFL from 1945 to 47. But uncommon, remarkable, and Winnipeg has a chance to do it tonight. Well, and Zach Polaris, if he can get it done, the only other quarterback is Warren Moon. In the corner, 43, thinking to Harris. Daniels bobbled it, but he does catch it. Put it up around the 50 on that first down play, and it'll be about the second and three coming up. One possession game again in the Canadian Football League. We've had over 60% in the regular season. One possession games decided in the final three minutes. The Bombers won all of their one possession down to the final three minute games this year. Led by that man who could, if he three-peats, get to the Warren Moon status. This will be the last play of the third quarter. It's a second and short. About two yards needed. And no, yeah. sir. That was Andrew Harris, and Check he was out. stuck. And a third and short is coming up to start the fourth quarter. Casey Sales. Defensive tackle. Up big for that Winnipeg defense. Well, the Argos showing a lot of life in that third quarter, but Winnipeg came back. They retook their lead. They have a three-point edge with 15 minutes to go. Through three quarters of Grey Cup 109, it is close. The Bombers lead it by a field goal. And maybe the biggest story in the previous 15 minutes, Glenn, is how Winnipeg, and we've seen it so many times, responded after the Argos took the initiative and took the lead with a touchdown. Yeah, you just mentioned that the Winnipeg Blue Bombers with just one penalty that just happened recently here. So this is what I mean about Winnipeg, and they're a three-phase team. But stick together, even when they go down in the scoreboard. Now you've got to think that maybe the Argos are going to need to create one of those turnovers. They created more than any team in the league in the regular season. They may need to create another one. And we got a football game going into the fourth. We do, and it's in the hands. Look out. teams coaches looking out on the field shaking their head thinking how do we stop this guy he just needs a tiny little seam and he will hit it and now he outruns the angles good God. 102 yard punt return touchdown of the Stampeders returned one 97 yards in the 2018 Grey Cup against Ottawa. And this one even further for Janarian Grant. Been such an electric player and what a way for Winnipeg to start the final 15 minutes of this Grey Cup. The point after from Legio and no he misses it left. 
Legio missed two extra points in the Western Final last week against BC. So that one, it's still a two-score game. It's 23-14 with Winnipeg leading it by nine. So how does he get these scenes? How does Janarian Grant make oh, these plays no. time after time? Well, it's athletic ability and speed, but watch Robbie Smith here. His lane is supposed to be right there. You got a guy there. You got a man here. You got another contained man. Robbie Smith gets pushed a little bit out of his lane, and that's all that Janarian Grant needs. Now he's got open field, and the speed element kicks in, and he puts it in another gear right here. Now all the angles are broken, and when I say angles, you're trying to cut a runner off by going deeper than where he's at, and he outruns those angles with tremendous speed. That is the fourth punt return touchdown for Janarian Grant. That's Mickey Donovan, by the way, the special teams coordinator for the Argos, and that look says it all, and that look says it all as well from a guy who used to be a special teams coordinator in Michael O'Shea. But saying about Grant, four punt return touchdowns this year, two in the regular season, we and have. two in the playoffs. We have. And last week in the West Final. We have. They are a three-phase team. We have. Let's go. All three phases it ain't over. contribute. It ain't over. How a sense of urgency for Macbeth. McLeod Bethel Thompson. Javon Leak on the return. He gets up shy of the 40. Mentioning last week a game breaker against the BC Lions in the Western Final. Yeah, just one of the great aspects of Canadian football. The special teams are one third of the game and they can change a game on a dime. This was the West Final. Another big return. And right after that return, the Bombers went into the run game on offense and grinded it down. But that was the big play that turned it. In his third year out of Rutgers, and he was electric from the moment he arrived in the CFL in 2019. He wants a third straight ring. He certainly helped his color Temple Thompson with a hand in his face and launches it looking for Brandon Banks. Desmond Lawrence was there every step of the way as it falls incomplete. Yeah, I think Brandon Banks got inside on that deep route and and on the on the throw it looked like Bethel Thompson was trying to throw it outside. Watch how he goes up the field. He's working one on one and see that little move. Now see that cut back to the inside. I think that fooled McLeod Bethel Thompson. They're on the different page there. He thought that Brandon Banks was going to stay outside and guess who was right in his kitchen again? Jeffco. Jackson Jeffco the one applying the heat. Second and ten. caught by Cam Phillips and a flag has come out back in the Argo backfield. Well, if this play stands, it may be the biggest for the Argos. Major foul, roughing the passer, yep. 95 Winnipeg, 15-yard penalty, automatic first down. They'll, they will tack that on. That's Jake Thomas. Jake Thomas is going to get the late hit, but this is a monster play with all the momentum on the Bombers' side right now. McLeod Bethel Thompson absolutely had to get at least a couple of first downs to try and slow the momentum, and this hit is going to tack on 15. 26-yard catch plus the 15 and a gain of 41 to the Winnipeg 30. First and 10 Toronto. Let it. 
side against that Blue Bomber defense and the tackle Casey Sales, who stops it. Old teammates, by the way, with the Ohio Bobcats, Sales and Olet. They know each other. Second and long after the job sales did, stopping that run. And it goes incomplete. And the receiver yeah. was Brandon Banks. And once again, covered by Des Lawrence. It goes too far. And Banks, frustrated, heads to the sideline. Yeah, forget about the not on the same page. I, uh, right now, Brandon Banks and, and McLeod Bethel Thompson are reading from a completely different book. I mean, frustration from Banks, but I think Bethel Thompson threw that. He was delivered on that throw. It looks like he was throwing it right where he wanted to throw it. And Banks again, nowhere near. This is the third attempt of the night for Boris Beattie from 36 yards. He made one. He missed one. He's two for four overall in field goal tries in this great cup game. Put down by Haggerty. And it breaks left again, but easily good as he goes three for five. And an important three points on the board, at least for the Argos. Still trailing. Fourth quarter. Great cup 109. Back at Mosaic and Regina and back to a one score game after a 36 yard field goal by Boris Beatty. Winnipeg leads. The lead is down to six for Zach Caleros. Trying to close in on a third straight Grey Cup victory for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers in a place in history. Jagarrett Davis thinks otherwise. The first and ten of the Winnipeg Four. Hardrick, Patrick Newfeld, they're just getting it done. Right over here on the right side of the offensive line on this play. Yeah, great vision by Brady Oliveira. He's going to step up. He sees the collapse of this side of the defense for Winnipeg Blue Bombers just washing it down, and he makes that jump cut and bounces to the outside. Dakota Prukop is in on a first and ten, so it's not just short yardage. Substitutions at quarterback. The Bombers do this again, making it to Dembski. Changing your quarterback when he's on a bit of a roll always has a downside or can have a downside. He comes off the bench. He's not as warm. This ball is thrown a little bit underthrown down the field to Rasheed Bailey. And what a great catch by Shaq Richardson. I mean, that is a heck of a catch going up and pulling it down. That's high point in the ball. And it's not his first great cup either. He was with the Stampeders in 2017 when they were upset by the Argonauts in Ottawa. So a big pick for the Argos and Richardson as they'll start at their 20. Andrew Harris in the backfield thinking to him. And that one is complete. Chad Kelly was the 
the one that threw that. So we saw a quarterback change as well for Toronto with Kelly in. His first taste of breakup action now, and that pass for a first down. Well, Kelly can run, so when he goes play action here at Andrew Harris, he's pressing the edge, and he pulls Adam Big Hill to the line of scrimmage. Kelly to throw again. as a runner in the first half, but he's out slinging it right now. A couple of completions. He looked sharp coming off the bench. Had time to warm up over the last drive. Finished his college ball at Ole Miss. Throwing again and knocked down and who knows, might have been picked by Big Willie Jefferson, but right to him and batted that one down. So a second down coming up as Willie celebrates. When Willie Jefferson moves inside, when he's not the outside player at defensive end, he is in the throwing line lane for hot throws. And that's what Chad Kelly tries to do here. And he's lucky that got knocked down. Because if it's not knocked down by Willie Jefferson, Chad Kelly is throwing an interception to Dietrich Nichols, who cut underneath that quick throw. We've seen Jefferson intercept passes, too. He had one against Hamilton way back early in the season that he took in for a touchdown. But that one setting up a second and ten and an injured player for the Blue Bombers. That is Jackson Jeffco getting attention now. Another great defensive end for Winnipeg. We'll be back in Regina. Break up 109. Kelly, well, here's the reason why. Go back to that series before Kelly came out, and that was the follow-through by McLeod Bethel-Thompson when Jackson Jeffcoat got the pass rush on him. They were taping his thumb on his throwing hand. He was trying to see if he could grip the football correctly. It was bothering him a little bit. We may see more of Chad Kelly. Kelly, who's the nephew, by the way, of Hall of Famer Jim Kelly, who led the Buffalo Bills to four straight Super Bowl appearances. Looks like Jackson Jeffcoat will be okay on that long event. And Kelly is still in. But it is not enough for a first down, a pickup of five yards, third down coming up for Toronto. No, it wasn't enough for first down, but it was the right decision and read by Chad Kelly. He, he saw that blitz that was giving McLeod Bethel Thompson some issues in the first quarter, and he got the ball out of his hands quickly. Now he can deepen that hot route, but it was the right read. And, e and just gives up the single. Earlier had a 102 yard punt return touchdown that opened this game up. Holding Toronto number 40. 10 yard penalty. Repeat third down. So instead of giving up the point, holding against the Argos and Robbie Smith, they'll make them punt it again further back. Well, and, and the issue for the Argos that they have right now is that their cover team has just run 60 yards and 
what I often refer to as a barroom ball brawl for for 60 yards. And now they're breathing hard. And they have to come back and do it all over again with Janarian Grant back there. We saw what he can do. We've seen it so much. And now in this year with four punt return touchdowns and a kickoff return TD. One tonight on the punt return. That's a punt of 47, and they got him wrapped up for just a few more yards. But they, thanks to the penalty, didn't have to give up a point. A better place to start, too, closer to the 25 for Zach Caleros. Quarterbacks to win back-to-back Grey Cups. Talk about an exclusive list. The great Kenny Plain with Winnipeg in the early 60s. Russ Jackson, the legend with Ottawa in the late 60s. Tom Wilkinson and Warren Moon, part of the five straight. Wilkie with the first two, Warren Moon the next three. Doug Flutie with the Argos and Anthony Calvillo with the Alex. That's not a bad list. And now you got Zach Kolaris, too, with two, looking for three. Yeah, he's looking for a third. And you see at the left-hand side of that screen, only Warren Moon has got there. He's got 8.56 to get it done. Only one quarterback in the history of the CFL winning three straight. Kolaris could join him tonight. Randy Oliveira to help out as he grinds it up to the 30 again a six on that first down run. And this is often the point in the game where this is exactly what the Bombers will do. They'll try to grind the clock. They're going to go to Brady Oliveira, and they're going to rely on their offensive line to just be road graders and establish and just keep pushing the line of scrimmage. Now, the Argos are well-equipped, and they know that too. And those big guys up front. But what do they do in a second and four now? it would appear to get a first down grinding it out indeed with another five and they'll keep doing it. don't be surprised if buck pierce just calls another one now they'll they, you can get creative in the running game it doesn't have to be you know in the a or b gap every single run this is a gap that's between the center and the guard on either side b gap is between guard and tackle either side We'll see several times see Liam Dobson, extra offensive lineman in. So Heavy they have set. six of them. Yep. Heavy set. Out comes Greg Ellingson in the substitution. So more of a running formation on this first and ten, of course, at the Winnipeg 35. Content to keep it on the ground. Oliveira turns around, but he still manages to fall back for three yards and make it a second and seven with that clock ticking down towards the seven-minute mark. Yeah, I think that's Jonathan Jones that made the tackle there, and that's what Corey Mace, the defense coordinator, needed to get Zach Kolaris in a second and seven or eight. Now, they still have run the ball in this situation, the Bombers, but it's a it's conventional wisdom that says it's a passing down. The slot back, Greg Ellingson, back in the game on a second and seven. Passing situation, Winnipeg. 6.40 in the clock in the fourth quarter. Pressure coming, gets it away, intended for Nick Dembski. And the closest to it was Jack Richardson as it falls incomplete. And Mark Leggio will be coming back on to punt. So far it's been a quiet night for Nick Dembski. Only targeted three times before that throw. And I think Zach Kolaris felt the pressure and just let it go to that open area. But... Javon Leaf is back. 
Bombers have had a big return. They lead in the special teams department. Lee. Number 16. That's a 10 yard penalty. And Brandon Banks went and said something to the official. Set it to the field judge, Brian Krupala. And the flag came out and a costly one. Toronto is challenging that there was defensive pass interference against their receiver, number 16. We'll review the play. Well, first of all, terrible decision by Brandon Banks. There's no, there's no way to sugarcoat that. And, you know, when your team is battling in a one-possession game, discipline, so important. A lack of it will cost you, and the spotlight will find you if you're a player that does that. So Ryan Dinwiddie is challenged. This is the first challenge that we have seen in a Grey Cup game since the last time the Argos were in one in 2017 when they played Calgary. Nothing changes as far as the penalty goes to Banks, but they're seeing if they can get the P.I. call. Yeah, the challenge out there. I was wondering if Ryan Dinwiddie was going to take a look and try and challenge this. You know, when I saw the first replay, it, it felt a little bit or looked a little bit like he went down on his own, but Jamal Parker gets turned. He, he's he's right at the top of your screen. The, the question is, does he trip? Is he pushed down? sure Jamal Parker he got his left hand that he reaches behind but it doesn't look like he really pushes through it tough to tell there that there was no pass interference there was no pass interference call on the field so they'll have to have conclusive evidence to overturn it 
and, and they had said number 16, but meaning number 89, Cam Phillips. Maybe this low, maybe this low angle here, Rod. I think he just ran into him. Ran into him. the the arm. The left arm was trailing, but I don't think he pushed him. Penalties against Brandon Banks. Is it PI against Winnipeg near the end zone? They've had a look. Here's their call. After review, the ruling on the field stands. Incomplete pass. It will be second down. So it stands, and with the penalty against Banks, it goes back to the Winnipeg 41. And a second down and 20. Penalty against Banks. Ryan Dinwiddie now loses his challenge and his timeout in a one-possession game. Just under six minutes. 5.52 and counting. Finger-pointing time as Willie Jefferson crossed the line of scrimmage. And Darius Bladick is trying to assure him that it's his fault. Well, both teams have to understand that the pointing doesn't ever matter. <laughs> but they keep doing it as if it does. Yeah. What was the funny thing about this? Trying to help out the folks who tries. Winnipeg, number five. Five-yard penalty remains second down. Now Darius Bladick might think he did help. Because he <laughs> yeah. was right. Yeah. Bladick and Dijon Allen there. 59. The right tackle, right side of that Argo line. We're at a critical point now. It's a six-point lead for the Bombers. The Argos in Bomber territory down to the 36 in the second and 15. Jack Kelly. Ricky Walker chasing him down. Kelly gets away. right back up again and a big first down close to the 15 of Winnipeg Chad Kelly picks up 20 yards boy this kind of situation is exactly what the backup quarterback loves to be in because he has a chance to create and start his own journey get teams looking at him get the Argos looking at him this is a great run in a crucial time after a penalty to come back and get to a first down the first down marker by Chad Kelly. Rookie in the CFL. Went to Clemson and then Ole Miss. And getting his spotlight now. So is A.J. Olette, who was a touchdown earlier in this great cup and picks up a few yards on first down. Kelly in for McLeod Bethel-Thompson. We saw that hand injury earlier in the quarter. He's trying to keep it warm now in the hand warmer around his waist. Doesn't have it taped up like it was earlier. Going to let Chad Kelly try and finish this drive. To the Winnipeg 13. Second and seven. Counting down. Close to four minutes left in the fourth quarter. Get forward progress. I think he's close. He got eight yards. Now that's a first down. A first down and goal for the Toronto Argonauts. Remember when Chad Kelly faced the blitz, but he made the right read and they had the punt. Didn't get enough. There was the adjustment. Toronto. 
was a point after away from taking the lead. And how about the drive from Chad Kelly in that big play to avoid the rush and get him down in scoring position. Olette off the right side. Nice jump cut. Nice bounce to get outside of that containment from Jamal Parker who tried to step up and run support. But Olette gets there. His second on the night. And what a drive by Chad Kelly coming off the bench. Forrest Beatty missed an extra point that would have forced overtime against Winnipeg back in July. He nails that one. And that one has put the Argos in front. 24-23. Three minutes, 24 seconds left in the fourth quarter. Let's take another look here at this great vision and bounce. I mean, when you when you see A.J. Olette, you think big, strong fullback that'd be real good at blocking, but not as quick as feet as a tailback, but he's got it all. I mean, he's got breakaway speed. We saw that in the Eastern Final. Great vision. Took over for Andrew Harris, as you mentioned. And, boy, that, that's the second of the night, and a big one gives the Argos the lead. It allowed them to keep running the football after Andrew Harris went out mid-August with that torn pack. A.J. Olette, and when Harris comes back, there's enough football for both of them. We saw that last week in the Eastern Final. We're seeing it again tonight. Two touchdowns for that man. Here it comes. What a prized piece of silverware in Canadian history that is with the Mountie Escort. Great Cup tradition as we are getting close. But the game is close to anybody's guess at this point in time who's going to get the hoist. 109 times. It's made its journey down to field level. Janarian Grant. Slips. And down he goes. Winnipeg ball, Winnipeg behind. And we ask that question again. How do they respond? They've responded well so many times, including in this game. Yes, that piece of hardware has changed over the years, but it was Earl Grey, Governor General of Canada, donating it and first handing it out after the champions of 1909. An amateur trophy then, a professional one now, the formation of the CFL officially in 1958, but just think of the stories it could tell. We got one brewing right now here at Mosaic Stadium.
fans just exploded when Enoch Mwamba got that pick. They said that's the nail in the coffin. They said we just need to stop. We need to run the clock out. And they feel like they are on the verge of something great. Farhan, what about you? Well, really no panic here on the Winnipeg sideline. When they went out for that last drive, there wasn't a lot of rah-rah thinking they could get it done. Then after the interception, Mike O'Shea didn't react much, didn't show much disappointment. Same with Zach Caleros. He came back, looked at the iPad, and they want to be ready to go here. They're not panicking. They think there's still time left to get this done. Under three minutes to go, 2.54 on the stadium clock here at Mosaic. Another look at that interception. Yeah, I think this fool, Zach Kolaros, which you don't see very often. Mwamba sort of started dropping one way and then reversed his field and got underneath that one. fourth quarter well they're in field goal range and so that's also part of the process here for Ryan Didwin in the play call He's got Chad Kelly that's exactly what I want to do and second down and medium they're going to try and run the ball if they don't get it they're in field goal range and a huge second down for the Winnipeg defense and without Jackson Jeffco he is injured he is on the bench second down for the Winnipeg 37 again to Harris. He will not get the first down. It looks like the field goal unit would be coming out. Still several yards shy. Timeout. Winnipeg. The Winnipeg timeout. As you look at that score, if Toronto can get a field goal and make it a four-point game, the Blue Bombers would be forced to drive for a touchdown. Yeah, still, one, still a one-possession game. But now they need the major. Obviously. Now there's plenty of time for Zach Kolaris, and that's why Coach O'Shea called the timeout. I mentioned that earlier game, which ended 23-22 Winnipeg, on a missed extra point that would have likely forced overtime. So these teams have played it close before. Razor close right now. It was back in July the 4th. The only other time they met this year. Looks like the Argos are not going to try and kick the field goal here to take a four-point lead. This is incredible. It's a third and two. Well, they just try to draw them offside. Yeah, that could be too. Kill more time. The clock, excuse me, sitting at 209. And yeah, they can't get the penalty, so. Yeah, Coach O'Shea called a timeout. And the reason. Timeout. Toronto reason he did that was for that exact reason that even if they wanted to come out and try and draw them offside deliberately they're not working the clock at the same time it doesn't start until the snap of the ball so good decision to call the timeout there from coach O'Shea and now Ryan Dinwiddie will put the field goal team out there 209 on the clock one point Argo lead Boris Beattie comes on he is three for five his two misses one was much further at 52 at the end of the half, but he has missed a 36 yarder. There's been some movement on his kicks, too. But he has made three of those five as mentioned. This is the biggest one to make it a four point lead.
is still very much alive. They got two outside of the edge. Blocker. One here and one Hallett that comes around the corner. He's untouched. Now the key for Hallett here is to just cut that corner as sharply as he can and go to the block point. Perfectly executed off the edge. And what a key time to get it done. Now a field goal can put Winnipeg on top. Snap was great. Hold was there. Just an outstanding play by Hallett off the edge. In his third year from the University of Toronto. So it's in the hands of Brady Oliveira. That short pass from Kolaris taken down by Jagera Davis. But still lots of time for Winnipeg to work. Trailing only by a point. Special teams play. Four, second and six. Winnipeg ball. Pressure's coming. Oh, Robbie. Robbie Smith has it. One forty on the clock. Third down and long coming up. Let's put the spotlight on maybe the biggest play of the season for the Toronto. And on Robbie Smith off the edge, up the field, he doesn't get blocked. Jamarcus Hardrick decides to take the inside man who really wasn't rushing. Fourth sack of the night, Argos. Polaros, third down. Running around, they have him again. And it's Robbie Smith again. And a flag does come out. And is that a Mask. What a break this would be for Winnipeg. On third down and 13. Major foul. Face mask. Toronto number 40. 15-yard penalty. Automatic first down. Now there's no question about the penalty call. Right hand in the corner of the face mask. Zach Kolaris knew it immediately, looked at the official, the flag was out. They get a new set of downs and new life. Instead of a sack to force a turnover on downs and take over and put it away, Winnipeg has new life up at their 41. 126 to go. What a finish. Break up 109.
Edwards got it. They're still in field goal range. Left to your screen, coming off the edge here. Times it up, times his jump, gets up there. Had a chance to be picked off, but it puts a little bit more pressure on Mark Legion. Because Wayne Miller, president CEO, can hardly watch. A reminder with Brandon Banks back. Even if the field goal is missed, the Argos have to get the ball out or else they give up a point. And the game is tied. Academic if he makes it. Winnipeg will take the lead. Seconds on the clock. Let's see the penalty here. No yards. Winnipeg, number five. It's a five yard penalty. First down, Toronto. Two huge field goal tries. One per team blocked at a critical moment of this great cup. First by the Bombers and now by the Argos to prevent Winnipeg from taking back the lead. Ron, I think it was Robbie Smith right up the middle. It looks like to me this is a tough angle to see his number, but right up the middle down Main Street, number 40, Robbie Smith gets his hands. He got the face mask call and he blocks the kick. How's that for redemption after the face mask call you talked about? As they can sense a victory now. But 40 seconds left. It's about the next play. Everybody makes a mistake. What do you do on the very next play? Robbie Smith flushed the mistake, got back in there, and made the play of the game for the Toronto Argonauts. And Chad Kelly, who came on and led them back, can take a knee as the Argos can sense their 18th breakup title. Winnipeg can only watch as the hopes of a three-peat fade away. What an extraordinary finish here at Mosaic Stadium. The dynasty is denied. And one of the oldest trophies in Canada's history will go to one of its oldest franchises. The Toronto Argonauts have won the 2022 breakup. A state of shock for the Winnipeg side and of jubilation for that man, Chad Kelly, and the Toronto Argonauts. What a finish. This would have looked like Winnipeg, after blocking that kick, would be able to go down and kick the winning field goal. The Bombers must be stunned. 
as their great run of consecutive championships does come to an end. How about Chad Kelly coming off of the bench for the injured McLeod Bethel Thompson and going to work like he belonged. I mean stepped off the bench he did have a chance to warm up while they were taping up Bethel Thompson but came off the bench and was slinging it. And not just the passes will remember that run that big first down run to get it down close. Let's go to Claire Hanna now with the victorious AJ Olette. AJ you guys were underdogs all season you came into this game as underdogs how does it feel to win the Grey Cup? Oh it feels amazing I'm so proud of this team right here we we, we blocked out the media we blocked out everyone saying that we couldn't beat them uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just proud of the the team and how we rallied ups and downs as the season was and as the game was fucking love, love you, you coach. <laughs> I'm just so fucking proud of this team. But AJ, back on July 2nd, you were cut from this team, and you rallied back. How, what does it mean, your journey to get to this point? Uh, just resilience. Uh, just one, just one, one day at a time. Uh, whatever's in front of me, I'm going to attack. And this, this, this team showed the exact same thing this season. You scored two touchdowns in this game. Just what can you say about your own performance? I just made the plays that they gave me. Um, the the, the O-line did great. The first one, I'm pretty sure I would have been untouched, but I was a little slow getting to getting to where I was supposed to be. Just 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 great job across the board with the team. When you think about the ups and downs of this team all season, how did you guys just get to this point and get it done on the biggest stage? As Coach said, we, don't, we didn't have to win a great cup. We just had to win a football game. And that's how we approached today. It was just a football game. Uh, we went back and watched them, and we knew we were the better team. Everybody counted them as as the better position across the board except for DBs and I, th I think we came in and, and showed them differently. When you just look at all the excitement around you, a lot of the fans in this crowd, in your favor tonight, how are you going to celebrate? Uh, I'm just going to celebrate with the team. I got my parents and my wife here and they're going to join us as well. I'm just going to enjoy this night with my brothers. Thank you so much, AJ. Thank you. Okay, Farhan, over to you. All right, with Robbie Smith, what a up and down set of emotions for you on that final drive. You get the sack, you get the penalty, and then you get the block take me through it yeah it's just a lot you just think uh keep thinking short memory short memory i had a couple penalties today but i said short memory we still have an opportunity to win the game and then we ended up winning the game it was a team effort everybody did what they needed to do we believed all season long and then now look around we're all celebrating so it's just amazing up and downs that's just how our season was but it finished on up so thank god we also had a big defensive play in the first half overall you were able to contain them throughout that first half what was it that allowed you to do that um, the coaching by uh, Coach Mace, um, he did a phenomenal job uh, with us throughout the week, um, teaching us their tendencies and, and what we had to do to keep him contained, not, like, not letting Caleros roll out and make those big plays to show in. Um, so, so the coaching by Coach Mace helped us a lot. No one gave you guys a chance. All this talk about a dynasty and a 3 feet. How much did that fuel you? Uh, we felt like the underdogs. Um, obviously, um, everybody thought Winnipeg was going to win. They thought they were going to get their third ring. So um, the fact that we were able to come in here and, and change that was, was it was amazing. It was nothing short of amazing. When Chad Kelly has to come into the game and you lose your starter, how do you stick through all of that and keep fighting? We don't break. We, we, we already know what we're built of. Injuries happened all season long. Next man up. Big shot. Big matchy. Big JG. Look at, look at JG. Big JG. So, you know, 
Ja'Garrett Davis, Ja'Garrett Davis. Six years, six great cups appearances, and you get your second. What does this one mean to you? Oh, man, it's a blessing. Um, be able to come out here, fight a hard foul fight. One of the greatest teams there'll be a similar uh, no. Winnipeg. We came out, we were resilient, stuff didn't go our way. But we finished. We finished. We finished. We hung together, all together, and pulled together all year. And this was the outcome. We champions. I know that when Robbie Smith took that penalty, you went over and talked to him. What did you say to keep him in it? Just reload, refocus. We still got one more play to make. One more play to make. Regardless of what the outcome was, we knew what we wanted to do. And God put us in position to make plays, and he did it today. How much were you fueled by the fact that no one really gave you a chance? It was all about Winnipeg 3 Pete. I love being underdog. I've been underdog my whole life. And to come out from where I come from to make it to now, I couldn't have for nothing better. With these guys, I go to war with them any day. I take them against anybody. I thank y'all. Guess what? You tell me. <laughs> Thanks, Jagarit. Let's head over to Claire Hanna with Enoch Moamba. Enoch, Enoch, you were so calm before you got that pick, but that was a game-changing play. Tell me about that play. I messed up on, on one, of, one of the plays. One of the things I always preach about when I go to speak at schools, churches, prisons, I go to corporations, I talk about mental toughness, and I had to display it. You know, you gotta, sometimes there's not enough to talk about it, you gotta be about it. But I have some great teammates, coaches that believed in me. When I dropped it, I came to the sideline, I told Coach Ivan, I said, look, I lost it in the air. I told my teammates I lost it in the air, but they didn't even make it a big deal. They said, not you go have another opportunity. And they came, and I couldn't make the same mistake twice. But Enoch, you talk about mental toughness. You've been in this league for 10 years, and you only ever made it to one great cup before. Now you've got your first one. How does it feel? words man all I've ever wanted was to be great I put in the work the truth is man sometimes you don't see the result right away but if you're persistent enough consistent enough it'll happen man 11 years in so many things happen over the course of my career to be able to do it with this group of guys man I'm so I'm elated we can see the emotion on your face and I know how many ups and downs the adversity your team has faced this season when you look around just how do you guys come together at the right moment character man character man I wear a bracelet all the time it says measured by character I actually got it from my chaplain from Winnipeg 11 years ago I start, I started spreading it to some of the guys and that's the kind of guys we got in the locker room men of character and we're measured by character a lot of adversity throughout the course of the season ups downs man guys I left guys I came back guys I got injured we stuck through it man but we, we're champions and nobody could ever take that away from us Enoch, congratulations. Enjoy the moment. Thank you so much. Man. Let's head it over to Farhan, who's standing by with Andrew Harris. Andrew, uh, it was all about Zach's injury and your redemption. Uh, re what do you say? Revenge is a dish. Best served cold. A little chilly tonight, and you got yours. Yeah, it was chilly. Um, I mean, my teammates today, man, were unbelievable. It was an emotional roller coaster, up and down. Special teams are the factor. Defense, offense, all, all, all contributed. And uh, I'm just so proud of my, my teammates. Uh, this group of guys, you know, this, this, this year has been a roller coaster. Um, you know, starting off, and, and we, we came together at the right time. And we beat a hell of a good football team today. 
Bombers played amazing today, and, and honestly, that, that could have went either way. Um, just shocked and Paul right now. I, I love these guys. I know that it really was a team effort. You know, you, you worked in there with AJ, but, you know, you really got these guys going. You were part of their motivation. Did you sense that? I mean, I, anytime I'm on the field, I just want to make impact plays, right? I've, I've always said that from the get-go. Um, so with any kind of energy or motivation or um, leadership I can bring to the table, I'm all here for it. Last one I'll ask you is just Chad Kelly having to come into the game. You lose McLeod, who's been your leader all year. How did you still believe? Chad's been making plays all year in practice. Anytime he's gotten in, he's made plays. And uh, we have full faith in, in all three quarterbacks on our team. So, you know, he had that big scramble for the first down. He made some crazy throws in, in tight windows. And, you know, he's a baller. He's got a bright future for him. Last year, we thought, what a perfect way for Andrew to walk away from this game. And now, Don't do it. I'm Don't not, do not going to ask you, but when are you going to make your decision and what's going to take you there? I'm going to enjoy this right now. And we'll go. We'll see. We'll see what happens, uh, you know, in a couple months. Thanks, Andrew. Congratulations. Thanks so much. Appreciate you, man. Celebration continues. Andrew Harris got his three-peat at the expense of his old team that was looking to do the same. And Harris, the Argos, pinball Clemens on the right. Oh, he's won a great cup as a player, a few of them. He's won it as a head coach in 2004. And pinball is a great cup champion as a general manager as well. Well, just a, a lot of a lot of storylines to talk about in this one. I, I just think Chad Kelly coming off the bench. And going four of six for 43 yards, that huge 20-yard run, that was just how you start a career. I mean, how many teams in the Canadian Football League are now looking at Chad Kelly differently than they did when he was the backup all year with to McLeod Bethel-Thompson? Robbie Smith, I mean... This is what this game is all about. When you, when you make a mistake, which everybody does, what do you do the very next play? And you heard how his teammates rallied around him, how the Toronto Argonauts took care of each other. They had each other's back in those key moments, and it was Robbie Smith. And you talk about the character plays on both sides, on both sides, Winnipeg responding, as we see the, them done so often this season. And, oh. and, and, and someone like Nick Hallett and a key field goal that would have put it away and, and blocking that one. Winnipeg full of character players, but the Argos demonstrated, as you talk about Robbie Smith, that they have lots of character as well. No question, Rod, and there's a great moment. And I'm telling you right now, McLeod Bethel-Thompson is saying to Chad Kelly, hey, you came on and raised, you rose your, raised your play to the moment. Chad Kelly looked like he belonged, looked like he can be a starting quarterback in this league. This is a pressure cooker. You're in the championship game. You're down on the scoreboard. You drive the field and put it in the end zone. And McLeod Bethel-Thompson getting his second Grey Cup ring, but he didn't play in the game five years ago. Ricky Ray did. He was the starter in this game. Chad Kelly coming on to, to help him out, too, and lead them back to this victory. Welcome to the 2022 Grey Cup Awards and Trophy presentation. To present the awards for most outstanding player and most outstanding Canadian, your host, Saskatchewan's own Darren Dutitian. Thank you very much. Was that a football game or was that a football game? 
I want to thank the city of Regina, a great place to be born, the province of Saskatchewan, a great place to be raised. You guys were outstanding hosts all week. And now it is my pleasure to announce the most outstanding player in the 2022 Great Cup game, Enoch Mwamba. This is unbelievable. I, I, 11 years. 11 years. 11 years. I saw with this team I met right there. He told me, you're not going to be champs. He told me I was going to cry like this. Look at me. It's not even real. Those are, those are victory tears, though. Hey, victory tears. Man, I can't believe this. All these guys right here, man. All these guys right here. These are the guys. These are the reason why I'm here. Listen. All the sweat equity, all the hard work, all the ups and the downs, and I'm just talking about this game, and now you are a champion. All I ever wanted was to be great, and I got some great guys around me. That, that, that's beautiful. Um, and I'm glad that you're still here because for only the second time ever, the most outstanding player in the Grey Cup also happens to be the most outstanding Canadian in the Grey Cup, Enoch Mwamba. This is, this is an emotional moment. Your teammates are loving it too. I, I do have to ask you a little bit about the game, if you don't mind. At what point in time, though, with this football team, I know you guys played on the 4th of July. You ended up losing to the Bombers by a single point. At what point in time with this team did you start thinking, you know what, we got some business. You know, we, we, we're playing our best football. We can win this thing. Listen, we walked into this game with total confidence. We knew what we had as a team. Everybody on that, in that locker room believed. We knew that the odds were against us, but we knew that when we crossed that white line, those white lines in between whistles, we knew what kind of team we had. And I just want to thank God, thank all of my teammates. We did it, we chance forever. Forever. Enoch Mwamba, the most outstanding player and the most outstanding Canadian. All right. 
the 14th commissioner of the Canadian Football League, Mr. Randy Ambrosi. And honestly, we've known each other for so long, I have a hard time separating player from commissioner. This was an unbelievable game. Yeah, remarkable. And it took a long time to get the Grey Cup here to Mosaic Stadium in the the province and the city and Ryder Nation waited a long time to host the game in this beautiful stadium but this this game did not disappoint and you know congratulations to the Argonauts for the big win and congratulations to the Bombers they have been an amazing team they're an amazing franchise and there there are great days ahead for them yeah I, I like dynasties they represent excellence and they have an excellent football club and they were right there to the end I am overwhelmed by Enoch Mwamba too though. Yeah, you know what it is so it is so such a pleasure to see such a great person who's also happens to be a great football player and getting uh, all that he deserves. Boy does he ever. All right, you've got some business to take care of. This is the best part of your job, I'm sure. I'll let you do that. Good evening, uh, bonsoir Canada. On behalf of the Canadian Football League and the Canadian Football League Board of Governors, it is my distinct honor and pleasure to award the 2022 Grey Cup to the winning team, the Toronto Argonauts. celebration all sorts of emotions for the Toronto Argonauts we saw that with Enoch Mwamba all the tears and first saying to Claire Hanna he all he could talk about was the mistake he made earlier failing to make an interception but he more than made up for that and what a terrific game he had that Argonaut defense Just so many different stories of why this Toronto team was able to end the run of a great Winnipeg Blue Bomber team like, like Dutchie said just a great football game the you know, at the end of the day, the Canadian Football League came through again and put on a tremendous show. Those players on the field battled. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers went down swing. 
They went. They, they didn't. They didn't quit. They had a, a chance for a game-winning field goal, and a play was made by Robbie Smith. But this is a three-phase game, Canadian football, and it's for them right now. It's family. The journey has ups and downs, big time. You saw Enoch Mwamba with his kids and his family. They go through those ups and downs together. And right now they're sharing it in a moment they'll never forget. There's a certain irony in this given the way the season started, as you recall. A lot of East-West matchups in the East Division, let's face it, was an embarrassment at the start of the season. And it gradually changed. I mean, the Argonauts especially picked up after a slow start, finished with a winning record, did well against some nearly, nearly beat Winnipeg in the regular season. It was a close game. And Hamilton, for example, able to beat the Blue Bombers, Montreal did. So it was a little bit of balance restored. But the, the thing I enjoy about this league, regardless of who ends up winning it, is there are certain assumptions you dare not make. You don't know, even coming into a championship game. We've seen it before. We've seen it before with the Argonauts. They've been big underdogs before and managed to celebrate this. But take nothing again uh, away from Winnipeg. It's just one of the great teams we've seen. Oh, absolutely. And, and that organization will be in the hunt again next year. But full credit to a team, as you mentioned, got off to a bit of a slow start in the regular season. But eight wins down the stretch. Ryan Dinwiddie back-to-back finalist for coach of the year he gets his first cup as a head coach and yes with Ryan Dinwiddie who lost a start at quarterback a sudden start for Winnipeg back in 2007 he gets to savor a championship let's go back to Darren petition all right thank you very much Ryan coach congratulations that was a hell of a game it sure was I mean that's probably going to go down to one of the best big cups you know finishes in history right this the injury to the McLeod, Chad going in there, then the, the block field goals, right? And the penalty, you know, we got him stopped down there. And an awesome game. I got to thank my wife first off, my wife and my kids. I spent a lot of time away from with this job. And without her, I'm not here. I'm not going to win this football game. Um, I really appreciate that. And I, I know what you guys go through. I see the sweat equity, the time, the effort, watching Enoch up there crying. How, how, how about yourself? This has been a hell of a journey for you, too. Your first ever start in the CFL, you were in the Great Cup, and you were thrust into the quarterback position. 14 years later, second year as a head coach, now you win it. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Uh, you know, I got to give our hats off to our players, right? We've, we fought through a lot of adversity, especially today, and uh, that was a team win. They didn't panic, right? We showed how mature we became uh, as a football club, so... I got to thank my players, and um, they did a heck of a job. Right. It is awfully hard to win one. It's really hard to win two. Almost unprecedented to win three. People were talking about the dynasty, the Bombers, the five-and-a-half-point favorites going into this game. At what point in time? Was it the 4th of July when you guys lost to them by a point that you thought, we can not only hang with these guys, we can beat these guys? Or when was it? Well, I think we felt like that. We let that one slip. We get a you know, slip out of our hands and a chance to win that game. So we just when we were 4-5, and five, we said, hey, let's go 1-0, and oh, right? And then the next week, we want to go 2-0. and oh. So if you look at our last 10 or 11 games, they've been pretty long impressive. So... Uh, you know, that shows you where we, you know, light bulb went on and we started focusing better. I really thought you had the better of the play in the first half, and then the second half comes around and, and it was just madness. Congratulations, Coach. I'm really happy for you. That, that, that was fantastic. Yeah, what a game. Still can't get over how good that game was. It was fantastic. <laughs>
As another extraordinary stat, the Argos have now won seven straight breakup appearances. They win this one in stunning style. We're going to hear from the panel their thoughts on this memorable game and the head coach of the Bombers, Mike O'Shea, as well.